Hello, I am Bob Bostock. You are listening to Discover DEP, the New Jersey Department of Environmental Protection's official podcast. Each week, we will provide you with timely information about how DEP protects and preserves New Jersey's air, water, land, and natural and historic resources. Please feel free to add this podcast to your iTunes or RSS feed. You can also follow DEP on the web at nj.gov DEP. Thanks for listening. Hi, this is Bob Bostock, and welcome to another edition of Discover DEP. You can download Discover DEP and subscribe to future editions through iTunes and Google Play. Today we are joined by Michelle Smith, biologist and bear specialist here at DEP, to discuss bears in New Jersey as well as safety tips for dealing with them should you encounter them in the wild or even in your backyard. Since the 1980s, the Garden State's black bear population has been increasing and expanding its range. Within the most densely populated state in the nation, black bears are thriving, and there are now confirmed bear sightings in all 21 of New Jersey's counties. DEP's Division of Fish and Wildlife uses an integrated approach to managing New Jersey's black bear population, fostering coexistence between people and bears. Michelle, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Michelle, tell us about bears in New Jersey. If you haven't seen them yourself, it's kind of hard to imagine here in the most densely populated state of the Union that we actually have quite a few black bears in New Jersey. We do have a robust black bear population. These animals are native to our state, and they're the largest land mammal that resides here in the Garden State. Black bears do need forested habitat to survive, so they thrive within New Jersey's mixed hardwood forests dense swamps and forested wetlands. The heart of our bear population is within the northwestern portion of the state, but as you mentioned, in recent years, our bear population has been expanding, so we have recently confirmed sightings in all 21 counties. So, as recently as kind of 50 years ago, the black bear population in New Jersey was almost entirely eliminated. Yes. So we've seen quite a comeback. What do you attribute that to? A number of different factors have come into play. Back in 1953, our New Jersey Fish and Game Council, which is the entity that's legally mandated to set seasons and bag limits on game animals, established black bear as a game animal. So that protected them from any indiscriminate killing or over-harvesting in that capacity. We also saw a lot of matured forested habitat return to our state, lands that had once been used for agricultural purposes. Those lands were left dormant and that forested habitat returned for our state's bears to occupy. And as the habitat came back and they were legally protected as game animals, the population was given the opportunity to rebound and start to increase again. So they've done so well that they've continued to expand and within the northwestern part of our state as of 2015 we had close to 3,000 black bears living just in that part of New Jersey. Do we have an idea how many bears might be throughout the entire state? We only provide a bear population estimate where our bear project staff are doing the research work and primarily the research work again is done within that northwestern and more recently west central part of New Jersey. So although we do have those sightings statewide the further south you go, certainly the less dense that the population is and the less likely it is one will encounter a bear. But we do know that they're out there, so it is important for all of our state's residents to know how to coexist safely with these animals. So how do we count the bears? It's not as if we can send census forms out into the forest and expect them to be returned. We must have some scientific way of determining about what the population is. DEP's Division of Fish and Wildlife's Bureau of Wildlife Management 
houses our state's black bear project, and every year they do employ three different types of research work to monitor our state's bear population and look at the health of our state's bears. Every fall and spring, our biologists and technicians do what's called research trapping, or mark recapture work, to help collect that basic biological information and determine our bear population estimate. During the winter months, our staff is out there doing what's referred to as our den work, so we can look at how many black bears are being born into our population every year and how many survive. We also do radio telemetry studies to look at the animals movements and determine where they're living within the state and our biologists have been studying these animals since 1980 so we do have more than 30 years of long-term information on our state's bear population. And I understand that our sows, our female bears, tend to have larger litters than uh, bears normally do. Black bears in New Jersey are very productive. We have a lot of natural food available to our state's black bears in our forested habitat. And because there's so much natural food available, our sows, those adult females, are very productive when it comes to having offspring. Here in New Jersey, our average litter size is three bears in a litter, as opposed to other parts of North America where food may be more scarce. It could be potentially just two bears on average in a litter but our cubs do very well surviving their first year of life. We've actually documented a couple of adult females with as many as six cubs in a litter. Just this past winter in Butler, our Fish and Wildlife staff handled an adult female with six cubs, so that was quite a sight to behold with all those cubs. And again, they do so well surviving that down the road, we have seen that increase in our bear population. You mentioned that we have an abundant supply of natural food for the bears. What do they like to eat? Throughout the year, they eat a variety of different foods. These animals are omnivores, so their diet's both plant and animal-based. This time of year, during the fall, black bears are actively on the move looking for food in order to fatten up for the winter months when they go into their dens and enter into a state of torpor. They can go about five months without consuming any food. So right now, the bears are in a period of what's referred to as hyperphagia. They need to consume at least 20,000 calories a day worth of food in order to survive those winter months. Primarily during the fall, black bears are eating lots of nuts like acorns, beech nuts, uh, hickory nuts. Throughout the winter, again, they might not eat for about five months, so when they wake up in early spring, that's another time of year we see a notable increase in bear activity within the Garden State, and bears are eating all the plants that are starting to grow. In particular, they really like skunk cabbage in the early spring months. As the weather warms up, they'll start to eat lots of berries throughout the summer, in particular blueberries, blackberries, raspberries. They'll climb up those trees to get fruits wild cherries, that sort of thing. If they come across any dead animal carcasses called carrion, they'll pick at that. It's a great source of protein. Occasionally, they'll eat other animals, maybe a deer fawn, and they also like to eat lots of insects. So if one's outdoors hiking in an area where there are lots of bears, you might come across some rocks or logs that that animal turned over to pick those insects off the bottom. So again, they do eat a variety of food, and consequently, our adults can get quite large in the state because of that natural food availability. So despite the wide availability of natural food, sometimes bears will also look for maybe a, a little easier meal by going through some garbage cans or uh, overturning bird feeders and things like that, and that's when bear and human interactions can uh, cause some problems. Absolutely. Black bears are referred to as opportunistic omnivores. So as you mentioned, they too take advantage of any easy food that is available to them, and it's all about energetics, conserving their energy. So if they can get an easy snack in someone's garbage can, they will potentially take advantage of that. 
We do know that naturally black bears are eating those foods within our forests, but as they do move through residential areas, if they could access what we refer to as those human-derived foods, they will take advantage of it. So black bears will, as you mentioned, ransack garbage cans, especially fall and spring, to get those easy meals. They might get into those bird feeders. If people are feeding pets outdoors, they might pick up those pet food scraps as well. So people living in areas by black bears with higher uh, bear densities, they really do have to take precautions to make sure that bears are not finding food in those residential areas. So what kind of precautions should they take to make sure that their yard or their garbage cans don't turn into what is essentially a salad bar for the bears? Basically, we say all it takes is for a black bear to find a food source on one's property one time. They've got great long-term memory, so they're going to remember that. So if a bear gets into your trash can, you definitely have to take precautions. In terms of garbage, that tends to be the biggest problem our state's residents have dealing with black bears getting into their trash. So we really need to have them secure their garbage. The best option that's available is to use what's called a certified bear-resistant garbage container. These are containers that are actually tested at a captive grizzly center out in the state of Montana to make sure the bears have a really hard time getting into them, essentially can't get into them. So that's the best option that's available for somebody to purchase one of these containers from a manufacturer, but that's not always a realistic option for everybody. So we do encourage people to make sure you're putting out your trash morning of garbage collection, not the night before when the bear would have a lot of opportunity to get into it. Make sure you're always putting trash bags into the container, not just setting a bag of garbage out curbside, which a bear could easily access. We also encourage folks to disinfect their recycling and garbage containers regularly to help minimize those odors. And if a bear does get into trash, again, we ask you to then really start taking these precautions to try to keep the bear out of it. Some folks do end up leaving their garbage containers in their garage to try to keep the bear away from them. And if you are doing that, you definitely have to use precaution because these intelligent animals occasionally have figured out that there are trash cans in people's garages and have actually tried to get in to access them. So if you're doing that, we do ask that people leave them on the back inside wall of a garage in order to try to minimize the bear picking up on those odors. So the bears have a pretty good sense of smell then? Absolutely. Black bears can detect food odors more than two miles away. So people really have to take that into account if you are living in an area or recreating, hiking, camping in an area with black bears that you really need to secure those potential food sources. So if people should encounter a bear, say in their yard or in the street in front of their house, what should they do? Stay calm. Try to remember these animals are naturally a lot more wary, scared of us than we are of them. Certainly treat the bear with respect. Keep your distance. Never go near one of these animals. When you see a black bear, stay as far away as possible. You want to try to leave an escape route for the bear. You don't ever want that animal to feel cornered or it might be more apt to act aggressively. Another tip, try to avoid direct eye contact, which a black bear may perceive as a challenge. When you do see a bear, you're keeping your distance, and you do want to make some noise to alert the bear to your presence and ideally to startle it away. So you could start to clap your hands, yell, go away bear, go away bear, and that might chase it off. Or you might have to get louder. Some folks who have bears entering onto their property, they might start banging pots and pans together or use a nice loud air horn to try to startle that bear off. When you do see a bear, that bear might decide to do some different forms of posturing, some different behaviors. So some common things people might see when they do encounter a black bear is that the bear may decide to stand up on their hind legs, which can look intimidating. A black bear could be more than seven feet tall. 
But if the bear stands up, it's typically curious. It's just trying to see and smell you better. So you continue to keep your distance, make some noise, and slowly back away from that black bear. You never turn your back to the animal. You want to know what it's doing, and you should never run from a black bear. If you run from a bear, they can run much faster than we can, up to 35 miles an hour. Black bears also have what's referred to as a chase response. Those of you with pet dogs know that if you run around your dog, it may decide to chase after you, and black bears could potentially do the same thing. So you're slowly backing away, making noise. If a black bear is more agitated, that you're too close to it, it will start to let you know potentially by popping its jaws together, making some huffing, woofing noises, or swatting the ground. You continue to stay calm, make noise, look big, and slowly back away. If you do encounter a bear, you want to make yourself look as large as possible by waving your arms around. If you're wearing a coat, you can hold your jacket out to the side. If you're with other people, stay together in a group, link hands, hold your arms up, make a big wall. If you're encountering a bear and you have children, definitely pick your child up, keep them close to you, and that helps you to make yourself look bigger as well. So you're making noise, looking big, and slowly backing away. On occasion, a black bear may do what is referred to as a bluff charge or a fake charge. So you'll be standing your ground, looking as big as possible, making noise, and that black bear decides it's going to try to chase you off by running toward you with this bluff charge. A black bear could again run up to potentially 35 miles an hour. So if you ever did see a black bear running toward you, your best bet is to stand your ground. Again, you don't turn and run. You look as big as possible, wave your arms, make noise, and the bear should go off to the side. Worst case scenario, if one ever does make contact with a black bear, your best bet is to fight back. Punch it, kick it, go for the animal's nose and eyes, use whatever you have at hand, stout sticks, rocks, and fight that animal off. So it sounds like the bears aren't really looking for a fight. They're just looking to stay away and to get you to go away. Absolutely. Wildlife in general are not interested in being around people. They are just following their natural habits and behaviors, and it is up to us to do our part with bears in particular to make sure that they're not finding those unnatural foods around us which can cause them to become habituated and potentially lose that natural wariness of us and become more of a problem in residential areas. So it sounds like it would be a good idea for people, for instance, if they're going to go hiking or camping in the woods, to kind of review all the tips you just mentioned in terms of how to uh, react or respond if you do see a bear when you're out in the woods. Because there's a tendency, I guess, when you see a bear, your immediate uh, natural response would be to get the heck out of there. So reminding oneself of these tips before you go into the woods and making sure everybody you're going with knows them as well is probably a good idea. Where would people be able to find these tips so that they could review them when they go out? Sure, we do encourage people to visit DEP's Fish and Wildlife's website at njfishandwildlife.com. There's a plethora of black bear information online that's available to the public. When one goes to our state parks, we also do have our bear education handouts that are available in the visitor centers, our brochures and activity booklets for children, along with camper tip cards that folks can refer to. And our state parks, especially in the northern part of New Jersey, have done a tremendous job employing steps that they do ask campers and folks recreating outdoors to follow to help alleviate problems with bears as well. So that information is given out when one visits those parks. So it sounds like really that it's it's not all that hard to get along with the bears that are in our state as long as you take some sensible precautions. 
Absolutely, common sense goes a long way, again, treating these wild animals respectfully and doing our part to make sure that they're not finding those unnatural foods near us really does go a long way. Tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get interested in bear biology and how long have you been doing this? I've been working with DEP in a number of different capacities full-time since 2004, but for the past about eight years now, I've had the pleasure of working with Fish and Wildlife. Out of college, I was able to do some seasonal work with Fish and Wildlife, working specifically with freshwater fisheries and a bit with our Black Bear Project, which really elicited my interest, and I then had the opportunity to work full-time with the agency, and it's been a wonderful experience and opportunity. Do you have a favorite bear story that you can share with us? I certainly don't have as many great tales to tell as our bear project staff who works full-time with these animals, but I have had the opportunity to go out into the field with them on a number of occasions to assist with the research work. And I have to say it's been very exciting, and one of the more um, challenging things has been when I go out in the field and see these bears getting into dumpsters firsthand, and there's many residents who are just so excited by the sight of a bear that they don't mind this behavior occurring, but from my end, I certainly know the problems it can lead to, and out in the field, it's been very eye-opening to encounter a number of bears that have been denned up for the winter um, under people's houses in very suburban settings, definitely something that one has to see to believe, and one time as another little anecdote, I was out assisting with den work one snowy day, and the biologists and technicians were having trouble locating a female that was wearing a radio collar. We climbed up a hill to a rocky outcrop, and they knew she was close from the beep that the collar was emitting through their transmitter, but they could not find her. So while they were looking around, I sat down on a log waiting for what seemed like quite some time for them to find her. And lo and behold, looked next to me, and under the root ball that I was sitting right next to, there she was, denned up. So I thought that was interesting that one can be so close to these animals, but again, the nature of them, they really don't want anything to do with us. That adult female was bedded down in her state of torpor for the winter and wanted nothing to do with me sitting right there next to her. Is there a difference between hibernation and a state of torpor? True hibernation or true hibernators go through a process where their body temperature, respiratory rate, heart rate all drop way down into such a state that that animal is not going to be easily aroused at all. Black bears are not true hibernators. Although their respiratory and heart rate do drop way down, their body temperature doesn't drop down enough to keep them in that really deep state of sleep. Consequently, they can wake up pretty easily, even though their metabolism has slowed down so much throughout the winter months. So consequently, you could see a black bear awake during the winter time. If you were walking through the woods and came across a bear in their ground nest den, for example, it's possible you could startle that animal awake and it's going to run away from you. Or on more mild winter days here in New Jersey, we do occasionally see black bears leaving their winter dens and going off in search of food. So for residents who do live in areas with these animals, you do have to take precautions year-round, winter included, to secure those potential food sources like your trash because the animals could be out and about. Michelle, this has been a really interesting discussion to learn so much about black bears here in our state uh, and also how people can reduce the chance of having an interaction with a black bear as well as what they can do to keep themselves safe if they do run across a black bear. And I know at this time of year you're particularly busy because the bears are really active. So thanks so much for taking time out to be with us. Really appreciate all the knowledge you shared and thanks again for coming on. I appreciate you having me, Bob. 
for listening to Discover DEP. If you have comments on the podcast or ideas for future podcast topics, please email us at podcast at dep.nj.gov. Enjoy the rest of your day.